1: hey there crimaholics it's your host kinsey welcome back and on this week's episode i will be bringing you the unsolved murder of jeffrey belmar jeffrey's wife karen is a part of our Crimeholics podcast discussion group on facebook and i got in touch with her through our friend darren birch over at badge boys not only can you hear about jeffrey's story here But you will also be able to catch Jeffrey's story told by Karen on Badge Boys later this week. I got the amazing opportunity to spend over an hour with Karen having her tell me Jeffrey's story. Karen is one of the most amazing down-to-earth women that I have ever spoke with. She is just so humble and happy despite the things that she and her family have experienced. The positivity that Karen puts off just radiates from her. Our goal with telling Jeffrey's story on our show and on Badge Boys is to be able to hopefully have someone come forward who was there that day to be able to identify suspects in Jeffrey's murder. The more we say Jeffrey's name, the more we tell his story, somebody is eventually going to step forward. One of my favorite things about Jeff's story is getting to learn how him and Karen met and how they fell in love with each other. Their story is like a fairy tale and I love it. Karen told me how her and Jeff had met through mutual friends. One night, Karen, Jeff, and these mutual friends went to a local bar And Karen saw Jeff standing at the bar and she went up to him and the two of them hit it off right away. Karen tells me how her and Jeff decided that they wanted to go out and eat and the two of them ended up talking for hours. Jeff had offered to follow Karen home that night to make sure she made it home safely. And when they arrived, Jeff had asked Karen out on an actual date. Karen said there was just something different about Jeff and everything just felt right. Karen said that one night while the two of them were dating, they were sitting in Jeff's truck and Jeff had brought up the idea of engagement. Only after three months of dating and by the very next year, the two of them were married. Jeff and Karen had moved into their very first home together and she felt like they had a real fairy tale relationship. She and Jeff were so in love with each other. During this time of moving into their first home together, Karen was attending college, earning a two year degree, while Jeff was working in construction. In 1982, they had their very first son, Jason, and then in 1988, had their second son, Kyle. Karen explained to me how Jeff was an extremely hardworking man. No matter what it took, he was going to provide for his family, which meant that Jeff worked long hours occasionally. But no matter what, no matter how hard Jeff worked, no matter how many hours he worked, no matter what type of job he was working, he made sure that he was at every single one of Jason and Kyle's sporting events, and even all their family events, such as holidays, get togethers, and cookouts. When their boys had gotten older, Karen and Jeff decided that they wanted to leave the state of California and move down to Phoenix, Arizona in 2005 to be able to be closer to Karen's family. At this time, Jeff continued to work in construction for just about two more years until 2007 when the housing market crashed. And I'm sure majority of you listening remember when that happened. At this time, Jeff decided since the housing market crashed, he wanted to do a different type of work that he was not really used to. Jeff decided he was going to work as a security guard an unarmed security guard. Karen stated to me that she figured that Jeff would maybe end up working at a school, like a very non-stressful situation. But he would end up working for a very stressful company in 2010. Throughout the West Valley there in Phoenix, Jeff would end up doing apartment security. Around 2012, they sent Jeff to a place called Graybrier Apartments where he worked night patrol. While at the Gray Briar, Jeff often would tell Karen that this area was extremely rough. This area had a lot of drugs and a lot of gangs and it was not a good place for people to be out at nighttime. Jeff had mentioned to multiple family members that there was a stabbing at the apartment community where he worked. Karen said right then and there when he mentioned it, she felt a really strange feeling but told him to just please be careful. She stated when she heard about this Greybriar area, she did more research on the area and she was shocked and completely worried for Jeff to be working there unarmed. But with how crazy and hectic their life was, Karen just told herself, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Jeff will be fine. However, Karen would go on to tell me that one night she had a dream or almost like a vision." where it was just a glimpse and she had seen Jeff laying on the ground off of his bike and his own personal truck was being driven away in the background. This happened in October of 2013. She said she went to him that very next day and she told him about this weird strange feeling she had and she just couldn't shake it. And I know you guys know what I'm talking about. It's like that intuition. It's like a gut feeling. You know something isn't right. So she goes to Jeff, and she had begged him to stop going to this area. But Jeff told her, you know, Karen, I'm going to quit in January, so let's just hang tight. Let's try to get through Christmas because, you know, they had kids to take care of and all these different things. So Jeff said, just hang tight. I'll quit in January. But she had said to him, please, Jeff, I really am worried about this, but... Jeff was kind of a stubborn guy, so he decided he was going to go ahead and wait until after Christmas so their family could have a good holiday. Very sadly, little did Karen and Jeff know that tragedy would end up striking before that Christmas season could pass. On Thanksgiving evening in 2013, Jeff had left for work to head over to the Graybriar area. Karen said when he was in a hurry to leave for work, he wouldn't really like give hugs or kisses to anybody goodbye. He was just in a hurry. He'd grab his stuff and head out the door. But that night before he left their house on Thanksgiving evening, he had hugged and kissed every single individual in the home. And he said goodbye and I will see you after work. Karen stated the next morning after Thanksgiving when Jeff should have been home from work, she ends up being awakened by her dogs barking and just going crazy. At this time, their family members were still there since they had just celebrated the Thanksgiving holiday the day before. When Karen was awoken by her dog's crazy barking, she went to see what was going on and she went out to the garage and she noticed Jeff's truck was not parked in the driveway. But there was a lot of people in her driveway and she could not figure out what was going on. Where was Jeff? One of the people that was standing in Karen's driveway was a man who Karen did not know. This man came up to Karen and said, Ma'am, are you Karen Belmar, the wife of Jeffrey Belmar? Karen said yes, asked where Jeff was and if he was okay. The man has no hesitation or any type of holdback, and he tells Karen no, he is not okay. Jeff had been shot and killed. Karen said all she remembers is she just started screaming bloody murder on the top of her lungs. Karen said she was in so much shock and so much pain. It had felt like somebody actually physically hurt her. Karen said she was just screaming on the top of her lungs and she ended up falling against her mother's car because she couldn't even hold up her own body weight. She was in so much pain from the news. I cannot imagine what Karen was feeling in that moment. I can never imagine getting that type of news. Karen's son was at home because of the Thanksgiving holiday And he had heard his mother screaming, so he ran out there to see what was happening. All her son saw was his mom screaming in complete pain. Her son was informed of the news, so he helped Karen up and into their living room. Karen said at this time all she really remembers was her mom sitting on the couch and she was laying her head across her mother's lap. Karen really tried her best to explain to me this type of pain. But she said that it was just too hard to put into words. Shortly after the family was informed about Jeff's death, the family decided that they wanted to go ahead and hold a candlelight vigil for Jeff at the apartment building. Karen said she wanted to attend, but she was just in too much physical pain to be able to go. Karen said she decided to just go ahead and stay home alone. She wanted to be able to try and process everything that had happened. And she told me this really crazy situation that happened. And when Karen told me this, I got chills down my spine. Karen said when she was home alone and trying to process everything and what had just happened to Jeff, she said out of nowhere, she heard this sound. And she described this sound as sounding like wind chimes and she said the second she heard this wind chime noise she knew right then that was a sign from Jeff and Jeff had made it to heaven and he was going to be okay. Once the investigation into Jeff's death started there was actually a lot of witnesses at the apartment building at the time of Jeff's murder. Multiple witnesses have stated that they had seen a male and a female running from a very beat-up car and this car was parked in the parking lot this car had a very significant amount of front end damage but unfortunately the color of the car was never able to be determined and it had no license plate i can assume that the reason that this car did not have any type of license plate on it is because it was likely being used for illegal activities karen stated that there was a lot of interviews that were done with people at the apartment buildings at the time of jeff's murder But she said that there wasn't a lot of follow-up. It was just the initial interview itself. After all of the witness statements were given, it was determined that Jeff was on patrol on his bike as usual, unarmed. Jeff had ended up coming between two apartment buildings and there was a male and a female standing there. Law enforcement believes that Jeff likely came up on some type of illegal activity. Witness statements said that they saw this female pull out her gun, shoot Jeff into his torso and then into his chest. Karen said that because this bullet was a hollow point bullet, Jeff had only lived possibly two minutes from those shots. Karen has felt... Because they have all of these different witness statements and all of them are extremely similar, she feels that somebody should have been arrested for Jeff's murder. But she believes because the Graybrier is an extremely rough area and there's a lot of drugs involved and there's a lot of illegal activity, she believes that whoever is responsible for shooting Jeff knew somebody in those apartment buildings and the people who saw it happen We're too scared to be able to come forward to identify this female. One of the things that I really love about Karen is just how humble she is from this entire situation. Although she lost her husband and although this is a cold case, Karen has held out so much hope that one day this woman is going to be able to be identified and she will be brought to justice. Karen said that through this process, she has gained so much family. Karen said that she got to be able to hear all kinds of really great stories about Jeff, and I'm going to share one of my favorite stories that Karen told me about. One of the people in the apartment buildings had said that because the area was really rough, it was really dangerous for the kids to be outside after dark. So when Jeff would get on his shift, Jeff would ride around on his bike and he would tell all the little kids. Let's go ahead and get inside. The street lights are going to come on. It's going to start getting dark. We need to go ahead and get inside where it's safe. And he would do this every day. Jeff would just go around to each complex and let the kids know, hey, it's not safe, let's go ahead and get inside where we can be safe for the evening. I absolutely love that. Jeff sounded like such an amazing man and he deserves justice. Somebody in that Phoenix area knows exactly who this woman is. And I hope that if you ever happen to come across this, that you give Jeff and his family the justice that they deserve by coming forward. If you haven't already, I highly encourage you to join a Crimeholics podcast discussion group on Facebook or follow us on Instagram where I will have pictures of Jeffrey Belmar. Again, Jeffrey and his family deserve justice. The more we say his name, the more we tell Jeff's story, somebody is going to come forward to identify that female. <coughs>